Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I have composer Dara Taylor on, who recently did the score for uh, The Tender Bar, George Clooney's latest film starring Ben Affleck, Ty Sheridan. Um, I really love that film. I think more than most, I thought it was very endearing, at least the first half. Uh, and she also did the score for uh, Barb and... I always get this wrong. I think it's Barb and Star Go to Vis- Vista Del Mar. I hope I got that right. Um, no matter how many times I look it up and try to say it, I usually screw it up, but... Anyways, I interviewed Dara for At The Movies uh, about a month ago, and I will link that in the description if you're interested in reading it. I talk a lot about the Tender Bar score, uh, but I wanted to have her back on because I think I noticed a couple of things we had in common. You know, I also come from a musical background, uh, and Dara has, you know, she had a lot of cool instruments behind her when I interviewed her, and she also watched The Beatles Get Back, so what's better than talking about that? And she also was a James Gunn fan, so I think at the time we recorded this, I think seven of the eight episodes for Peacemaker came out, so it's a little bit behind. I haven't even seen the uh, the uh, finale yet. I watched the first seven about, you know, in early January, but I haven't seen the eighth one yet. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. I think it's a little bit more laid back than our first interview. You know, it's not a print interview. This is just kind of a conversation about music, movies, and, you know, James Gunn, I guess. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. Hi, Dara. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, how's everything going today? It's going great. How's it going with you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. I appreciate you. So I, I talked to you a couple a couple weeks back, right? Or maybe a month ago. It feels like time's kind of <laughs> moved fast. Um, but I talked to you in support of your score for The Tender Bar, which is George Clooney's latest film. Uh, mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the film and uh, a little bit about your score for that one? Yeah, so uh, The Tender Bar um, is uh, it's on Amazon Prime now. And um, it's just a really beautiful kind of character driven, um, I guess you can call it a dramedy, it's drama, but it's, it's got so much charm in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the score for that was kind of a um, sort of a, a soft indie um, way, to, or I guess kind of a soft indie way to uh, connect the emotional beats of the film in between the, the needle drops. And so, and you liked the film, correct? I mean, like, I know you worked on it. Yeah, so it's yeah, kind yeah. Of, um, were you at all bummed with, I don't know if you keep up, do you keep up with the Oscars and all that? Sort of, yeah. Okay, so were you bummed at all that Ben Affleck didn't get nominated for Best Supporting Actor? I was I was a little disappointed because, you know, he was he was getting lots of great nominations and very well earned because um, he was great in that film. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't vote for those categories, so... That's fair. Do you have a favorite scene, you know, from the film that if that one that stands out off the top of your head? Um, I love the scene where um, Uncle Charlie, um, Ben Affleck's character, is telling young Jr. Um, that he's maybe he should find some other things to do other than sports because he's not he's not too <laughs> great at that. Um, I think he says uh, to avoid um disappointment and disillusion <laughs> maybe you try and find something else <laughs> oh yeah and i think then he Which teaches him cards so right hmm? does he teach him cards right is that what he does afterwards or no he says find something else that he likes and he says okay. he loves to read so you know he he does more reading and that's when he you know that's kind of one of the impetuses of him wanting to pursue writing yeah. um to find something that he's you know good at and mm-hmm. that he enjoys and really go after that yeah and so you went to school, where did you go to school again? I'm sorry, I don't want to 
assume and then be wrong. Oh, no problem. Um, I did undergrad at Cornell and then I um, did a master's program in film music at NYU. Wow. Okay. So that's funny. I'm, I did not go to Cornell or I don't go to Cornell for undergrad, but I'm trying to get into NYU for grad school uh, oh, yeah. for the same <laughs> program. So what was, I just was curious, what was your experience like there? I, I knew you went there in some capacity. I couldn't remember if it was undergrad, graduate. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it was really kind of my first for, foray into the world. So um, it was really because in, in undergrad, I studied mostly kind of contemporary classical composition and, and classical voice and didn't really, there weren't at the time too many offerings in sort of the um, multimedia aspect of it. I think there was one class that I that I took because um, it existed, but um, yeah, so it was really a nice way to um, I guess learn also about like the history and the, and the academic side of it as well. Um, and really kind of start to think musically in a different um, mindset of um, using music as an accompaniment to film um, rather than its own standalone entity. And, and I've seen, you know, NYU obviously is very, you know, well known for its film programs and stuff, and they've had some cool guests. Was there any composers that came that or any cool like lectures you had that you can remember? Oh boy, that I can remember. Um, let's see. I mean, I really enjoyed, I, I can't remember if it was like, some sort of continuing thing or if she was a professor I, my, my memory's a little hazy but i really um love listening to julia wolf um she was a big part of that program or that faculty or maybe she was just there first i don't i don't remember honestly but um <laughs> but it was fun just kind of hearing her approach to music and also um also uh um, you know, listening to her kind of bang on the can uh, stuff that happens in New York. Um, I, I took a music editing class actually uh, at NYU as well with Tim Starnes, who um, when I was working at Sonic Fuel and back when I was working uh, for Chris Leonard's, one day I just opened the door and then it was Tim, Tim Starnes. I'm like, hello, why? <laughs> what are you doing here? And that, uh, when he started working at Cinda Samples, because Cinda Samples had a room at Sonic Fuel. Um, so it was kind of a fun catch up. Um, it's like, hey, you're the guy that taught me Pro Tools. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. And so I think I'd ask you before we started recording, um, but do you keep up with the Oscars at all? And you know, the nominations were just announced this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I keep up peripherally. <laughs> okay, so was there anything that stood out? Maybe, uh, you know, I know we talk about Ben Affleck as a snub, or maybe even like with the music, because right, because that's your expertise. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if you had any impressions of the ones nominated for best score. No, I mean, I think all the scores that were nominated were, were really great. Um, I was really excited to see uh, uh, Jermaine Franco nominated. Um, she's someone I've known for a few years as well. Mm -hmm. So it was just really, really great. Um, to see her there um you know the score for dune was fantastic um so that all makes sense um i have yet to see or hear parallel mothers but i've heard great things about the score so i'm excited to check that out um yeah sometimes it just alerts you to things that you know you weren't really aware of um so um yeah i you know i think 
awards are awards are fine. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I I probably put a little less clout into them than, than others. And I just find it interesting, like, do you ever, so you just named, you know, a few of those scores there, like the Dune score and the score for Parallel Mothers. Do you then, you know, because I, I get the sense that you probably listen to them, right? Or I, or you see the film and you observe the music. Do you ever take inspiration from other scores you hear? Or like you think, oh, that was, I mean, Dune, for example, is very specific. I feel like that's kind of like mm -hmm. the tribal, you know, stuff mixed with sci-fi. But for you as a composer, do you go into a movie and then kind of, hear someone else's score and think, oh, I, I want to use, the, you know, bits and pieces. I mean, obviously you can't copy them. I know that's a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you get inspiration from all sorts of things that you hear. And sometimes it's like a really kind of fun sound design. Um, um, thing that you hear that, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily, I think you go home and try to replicate, but a thing that kind of make that kind of opens another portion of your mind that makes you think, huh, I wonder what sounds I can make with X, Y, or Z. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I get inspiration from other film scores, but also from other, you know, popular music or folk music I listen to a lot and um, just kind of anywhere and just kind of keeping your mind open and grabbing a little bit from this, grabbing a little bit from that and kind of molding it into um, something that kind of speaks to you and your voice. So what what are some folk artists that you like? I'm, my dad is really into folk music. I, I don't know much about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like a, I, I don't, I guess you can call them kind of like folk Americana, that sort of thing. Um, I've recently um, kind of was reintroduced to Elizabeth and the Catapult, um, which is a group out of New York where uh, um, I, I saw them live a couple of times at just like, you know, random venues back when I lived in New York. And I really liked them. And then for, I think they just like came on a Spotify playlist. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember really liking them. So I kind of went back in um, and did another kind of full album listen through. And I was like, man, I I forgot how cool all their songs are. Um, uh, I like a, this band out of Massachusetts. It's called The Weepies. Um, and, um, you know, you have your, you know, your, uh, Mumford and Sons and those sorts of things as well. But um, I don't know, I think I'm drawn to kind of female-led bands as well, um, just vocally, maybe just because they're easier to sing along to, or I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, those are two groups that I listen, you know, listening to at the moment. And I don't know if this group counts as folk, but have you ever listened to the Avet Brothers? Because they're a band that I recently have gotten more into. I used to listen to them. I don't know if they're more folk or rock or I don't really know. I don't think I'm that familiar with them. So I. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think with Mumford and Sons, they always come up and I get them mixed up a little bit <laughs> um, between, ah. between the two. But and I think last time I'd spoke to you, we also talked about um, or I mentioned the, the Beatles Get Back. Right. And you had watched that <laughs> series and were, you were a fan of that one, correct? Yeah, it was really just great to watch the process right. um, of them coming up with these iconic songs and, you know, just kind of also seeing how, um, especially for the time, how kind of inventive they were with meters and that sort of thing and just like changing in the middle of a line um, and picking a few meters and then going back to where you were. and. Um, yeah, it was just really fun to watch the process and kind of experience them as, you know, children in a way. 
Yeah, I think, are, are you a fan of the Beatles going in or were you not a big fan of them? I mean, I'm, I guess everyone's a fan of the Beatles, like everyone's a fan yeah. of pizza, but um, I, 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 I wouldn't um, consider myself a super fan. I have friends that are super fans, um, but I enjoy the, the music of theirs that I know. <laughs> well, I find that interesting because I thought, you know, when I first watched it, I remember because I loved them growing up and I just, I thought it was interesting that in my opinion, I thought you wouldn't be able to enjoy it if you weren't a Beatles fan. But I guess maybe maybe it's your musical background, or maybe it's just being a, yeah. even a casual fan. Maybe you, you can. But I just thought they go so in-depth about the certain songs you just wouldn't hear, right? Like, nobody's going to think about one after 909 constantly. But in this series, they show them playing it five times in a row, right? <laughs> or stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that's cool to hear somebody that's maybe not you know, a diehard fan, but you can appreciate the music. Do you think it's maybe because of your musical background that you enjoyed it so much? Probably. Yeah, I don't know if I would, if I would have enjoyed it as much. Like I didn't, I was trying to think of an analogy that I, it's not coming, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think watching the writing process, I think if it was mostly just about like them and, you know, the band dynamics and all that stuff, I may not have been as interested, but yeah. um, I heard so much about it. You know they're writing they're writing this album in the span of a you know of a month and you'd watch them write it and that's that was kind of the most interesting part and i don't do you know any documentaries offhand that are musical that um look at it so because i felt like it was very honest i mean it had eight hours mm -hmm. to sh display them writing an album but not many documentaries focus on that aspect of it. a lot of it would be like the drama right i'm so you know with yeah with them it could have been about the drama of the four of them and it does you know, focus on it a little bit, but it really was about the music. And I don't know how many music documentaries really focus on that. Yeah, I don't think many. Um, I feel like maybe there was a documentary about, about the music in Laurel Canyon that I can't really remember how much it focused on music versus like everything else. Um, but yeah, it's, I, this is just kind of like a verite, you know, fly in the wall sort of thing that was compiled. Um, so yeah, I, I think there was, there's very few films like it. So it was really interesting and exciting to see. And I think you probably can't get away with nine hours of, of footage for a band that's less kind of important to the musical landscape as the Beatles. So, um, you know, they chose the right band to do it, but you know, hour, hour six in, even I was like, all right, Paul, let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's funny. Cause I, I don't, how long, like, did you watch it over the span of a week or a few days? How did you have to do it? I watched it in a weekend. Okay. So I was, I, think, oh, I had COVID <laughs> oh. and I was feeling bad. <laughs> so I sat and I watched the get back and like you know it kind of make um you know i it it forced me to slow down for a minute and it's like well let's just let's just watch nine hours of, of the beatles <laughs> talking to each other well, that's funny because i didn't know how you know i'm sure some people could binge it right i i had to i had to i think they gave us three days to watch it or two days to watch it and it was the weekend of thanksgiving i think so we had to like i had to cram it in you know nine hours within a couple of days i had to travel for through <laughs> for thanksgiving so that was it was a lot but i think if you were maybe if you're yeah. sick you know it, it may be a little bit easier to watch than i had to stay up till like three in the morning you know, three yeah. in the morning trying to get through them um but yeah and another thing that we talked about was james gunn and you really loved his style right and his yeah uh his unique 
first, I mean, the Suicide Squad came out last year. Um, I felt like that was definitely one of my favorite superhero movies of the year. Not that the bar was that high, but, um, you know, but I, I know you like, else came out that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, Black Widow and yeah. Eternals. I don't know, but regardless, uh, it was just so different. And I know that like the original one from five years ago, or whatever, was such a mess. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, but, I, I do remember that one, yeah. But James Gunn brought such a unique flair. And I, I wanted to kind of ask you, you know, why... What, you know, what draws your attention to him? Because I remember you talking so fondly about him. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so then when we saw that he had, you know, made this new installment um, of the Suicide Squad, I was like, well, let's give it a shot. You know, it's not a, it's not really a sequel. I mean, I guess it's related, but um Let's give it a shot. And, you know, within like the first 15 minutes, you're kind of hooked into it. Um, there's just so much I guess, levity in, in juxtaposition to all the darkness. And I think that's, a, you know, I love dark comedies and that's kind of what it felt like to me. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then, you know, we're watching The Peacemaker right now, which is a lot of fun. Um, is he doing that? Actually, now, now that I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he wrote in. Yeah, he wrote in direct first uh, few. I've stopped paying attention. But yeah, yeah. It's just like you just take. Um, I don't know. There's just something about his sense of humor that I really enjoy. Well, and you mentioned Peacemaker, which is even. It feels like it's taking uh, the Suicide Squad a step further. <laughs> I don't know. And are you? I think it's just funny how you can use somebody like a John Cena, who I grew up knowing from WWE, and now seeing him do mm -hmm. these adult comedies you know um and that character it's such a weird i think james gunn does something so special with uh deep cut characters i guess you could call them right because like yeah. even the suicide squad i don't know who polka dot man is i know i know who harley quinn was and i think that's about it the shark guy yeah. i kind of knew but peacemaker is such a weird character and he found the perfect kind of guy for that right and is there anything about john cena in that series that sticks out i mean there's a, probably a lot i think i think john cena is like a really good actor yeah. like you don't and like you don't expect it at first but <laughs> yeah i mean um yeah i mean i just i find that he um he's very funny but yet also you know the emotional things you really buy into yeah. Um, and I think that he's good at playing these flawed characters um, that have these kind of complexities of, of depth. Um, so I don't know. I'm a I'm suddenly a big John Cena fan, you know, which is a, not a thing I'd probably say in 1996. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you also see his? I'm trying to think of the recent. He did a couple of comedies recently. I think Blockers yeah. was one, and then Vacation Friends. I thought was Vacation Friends so which great, I, which is really great. Um, yeah. First of all, Lil Rel Howery is a yes. national treasure and should be treated as such. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was when I started realizing, I'm like, wow, I think I just really like John Cena's acting. Um, yeah, that movie was also like a flawed character, but with, but still really lovable. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he walks that line incredibly well. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. Like he's it was so relatable that that guy you know you meet on vacation or you know uh, and he just it's so he's 
he latches on to you, right? <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he doesn't have the self-awareness to figure out that, oh, maybe we can't, you know, maybe, oh, they don't think of us in that way, right? With him yeah. and his wife. And I, I think that was, for me, same thing. Like I had seen, I think, blockers before that and the Suicide Squad. And then I finally came around to that and told my dad, who can't even believe because he saw my WWE phase and saw <laughs> the John Cena stuff. And he's like, there's no shot that he's a good actor. But I do think he is especially growing. I mean, he does have his like... Yeah. For to, you know, he's good at a certain kind of character, but it works so well. And he is so like lovable. Like you almost want to like, you don't want to, I don't know. Like, I don't want to see him die in a movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even in the Suicide <laughs> Squad, like I'm glad he didn't die and he came yeah. back. Um, but yeah, so uh, how many episodes into Peacemaker are you? As many, oh, I didn't see the one from yesterday, but okay. I'm, I've seen all the other ones that are okay. out. Do you remember what happened last? Because I, I had to, that's another one. I had to watch all seven episodes in like three days. So I don't remember exactly what happens. It's okay if you uh, don't. <laughs> something about the butterflies and, um, uh, man, what happens? They let his dad go from prison. Oh, well, if you didn't, I also don't want to spoil it for you if you didn't watch oh. the. Well, I, I um, have seen them. It's, I just don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, this is this is when pretty much the butterflies take over the police station. Oh, does it end with like? Does it end with the uh, like on a cliffhanger with the butterflies? Um, yeah. Okay, I think I remember now how that. Yeah, that, that's coming back to me. Um, yeah. But that's another one I love. Not just John Cena, but the what's his the guy that wants to be his like sidekick. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. You know. Uh, Vigilante. Vigilante. I was like, such yeah. <laughs> a generic name. Um, but it is so zany and like awkward, you know, a lot of a lot of the series. But it's also so gratuitous, right? It's like the Tarantino kind of uh, violence, right? Where it's it's yeah. it's funny, but it is extremely uh, violent. And I I don't know. Is this the kind of comic book stuff that you enjoy? Like this is what I kind of am growing to like. Is this where it's not just for kids? Not that you know, you know what you know what I mean? Like it's more adult. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I worked in the music department for the boys for two seasons. Wow, okay. So, like, and that is just, like, right up my alley humor and entertainment-wise. So, yes. um, yeah, I again, just, like, darkness with a wink. Um, <laughs> I was like, did they just, yeah, okay, they did. All right, well, you know, this is part of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is part of our life now. We won't be able to unsee that kind of a thing. <laughs> And I do find it interesting, if I'm not mis- did you enjoy uh, Eternals? I did. Okay, I would just want I, I truly wanted to hear your opinion on that, because that's one that I didn't hate it as much as uh, as Black Widow, but it was one that I just, I personally was just like, well, I, I don't, it felt long, a little bit bloated, and a little slow. <laughs> not that I need the giant CGI battles, but I remember you saying yeah. that you liked that they focused on the characters, and that's what my sister had said, so I'm just interested. Yeah, there's, I think this is the the deepest of, of them um of uh, i guess the superhero movies but um like just kind of in a complete reversal from everything i just said about the james gun ones <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think i wish a part of me would have liked to see this as a mini series mm-hmm. um so you can really kind of spend time with each of these characters I feel like there was a lot to get through yes. um in in a movie's time length but i mean i enjoyed what they did get to um but yeah i I guess it felt i felt like i it felt me wanting a little more Mm. so maybe maybe they'll go back and fill in some blanks for me but (laughs) 
Right. So like, do you want like a sequel or is there any characters that you would specifically want a series of? Cause that's the new thing now. <laughs> you know, you give everyone yeah, I know. Just pick one and <laughs> run. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, well, they, they killed off so many, but, um, ah, oh, crap. I can't remember the character names right now. <laughs> I mean, obviously I love Kamal Nanjiani's character because I, I love him and everything. Um, we were watching Murderville, the net, the okay. Netflix Will Arnett kind of um, uh, it's basically like an improv TV show, and um, Kamal Nanjiani's episode was amazing. Um, but uh, uh, what was his? What was the character? The one with the fists. <laughs> It's like gore, gore. I feel like I'm gonna have to look this up. Is, is he the uh, if I, was he the Korean actor, the one for, uh, yeah, from Chain to Busan? I don't remember his yes. character name. The only one I remember yeah. is Sprite, and that's just because it was soda. Um, yeah. I don't remember any of the characters' names, but yeah, he was cool. Did did he die? And you can spoil it. I don't. It's huh? so far. Remember. Oh yeah, he he did. Okay. Um, I feel like half of them died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I. I feel like I'd see more of him and like, you know, what happened with like him and Angelina Jolie's character on the, you know, in Australia. And just like, I also like, like to watch people get along and like develop relationships, <laughs> um, which is also probably why I like things like, you know, Guardians and, and the Suicide Squad and those sorts mm -hmm. of things where like, you know, you take people who, um, who are, either kind of aloof to each other at the beginning or like, you know, just watching Bond's form. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, I'll watch, you know, one of my guilty pleasures are like these, somebody that's like dating reality shows, but I'll watch uh, like Love Island and I don't really care about who gets with whom, but I just love to like watch the bromances and like the, you know, the sisterhoods or like the relationships that happen, you know, between the, the men and women that aren't romantic and like seeing them support each other. And that's kind of, what i enjoy about those sorts of shows well that's interesting so you like like a camaraderie kind of and, and yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's why i like buddy comedies and okay. like buddy yeah. heists yeah. and like those sorts of things yeah and what was the uh the next film that you were working on i, I can't remember what it was called it's for netflix though correct yeah uh the noel diary okay and what what is that uh, can you say what that's about i should, probably should ask that first um let me see i let me let me find the wording that they gave me oh, these yes. are the things that i can say about this movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see the thing that's out there Logline. Uh, when bestseller author Jacob Turner returns home at Christmas to settle his estranged mother's estate, he discovers a diary that holds secrets to his own past and that of Rachel, a beautiful young woman on a mysterious journey of her own. Together, they embark on an adventure to confront their path and discover a future that's totally unexpected. Okay, well, there you go. And yeah, and that <laughs> so the boy just getting no, no. in trouble. I will read the script. Um, <laughs> And uh, does it come out? Do you know when that's coming out? Or I oh, actually, they they it's coming out in twenty twenty two. It was part of like they listed all of the movies that uh, that Netflix is coming out in twenty twenty two. So okay, so that score then is in the can and and finished, I assume. Uh yes, there are a couple of little uh, tweaks to make, but uh, um, but it's recorded and delivered. 
<laughs> and, are you, and are you working on any other projects at the moment that are just that you can, you know, again, I know it's, it's tricky because you can't say a lot, but. Yeah, uh, no, I'm working on a couple of other things that, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to discuss soon, but um, yeah, working on a few things in between <laughs> now and. Yeah. And if there, uh, this is a random question that I'm going to end it, end it with, but if they had to recommend a movie or a show, cause I know you talked a lot about streaming shows, um, what would it be just for some, you know, something new for people to, to check out? Hmm. Um, I think that Hulu is a dark horse for like a lot of really great fun comedies. Um, I love the great, I loved, um, ah, oh, man, there was, there's another one that I just finished. That I don't know why I can't think of the name right now, but um, <laughs> um, oh man, it's gonna bother me. Um, you know, but like Pen Fifteen and those sorts of things. I know I watch a lot of comedies because you know when I have the time or when I'm watching things, it's usually to decompress um, and not to stress myself out more. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, that's all good. I put you on the spot with that one. So that's kind yeah. of a, it's always a hard question when somebody asks you, oh, yeah. what was your favorite movie? I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always a panic. But yeah, well, where can people find you on social medias or uh, or your music? Yeah, um, I've got some stuff on Spotify, more stuff coming out on Spotify soon. Um, and uh, and uh, social media, usually probably Instagram is really the only one I um keep up with um that's just slash dara taylor music um and that's you know it's the same for any other social media account slash dara taylor music but um yeah instagram is usually where i'm at perfect well thank you again for joining me i really appreciate you taking your time to speak to me again and yeah thank you on all of your future projects <laughs> thank you <laughs>